Thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, it's all about arbitration. Plus, is Aaron Judge close to signing an extension? Will Aaron Judge even be able to play at Yankee Stadium once the season starts? That could be an issue for both New York baseball teams. Jordan Montgomery looked a little rusty yesterday against the Blue Jays. And speaking of the Blue Jays, is Brett Gardner heading north to Toronto? And there's a new Yankees baby. All that next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankees fans. It's Stacey Gonsoulias, and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby Mastrocco. Welcome to Lockdown Yankees. It's Wednesday, March 23rd, and baseball is happening. The Yankees are playing tonight. We'll talk about that in a bit. First, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Yankees, all one word. You can listen to us on every podcasting platform available, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. We're inching closer and closer to 1,000 subscribers. And when we hit 1K, we're having a giveaway. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. Abby, how are you today? Oh, man. The NHL trade deadline passed and it kicked my ass. <laughs> I oh, I was I was in Philadelphia last week for Close Giroux's thousandth game, and then, like, I did what any reporter does, and I went out to the loading docks to see if he was going to get on the bus with the team to go up to Ottawa, and he wasn't. So I was like, great, he's going to get traded. I write my whole story. Crickets. Yeah. He didn't get traded for two more days. And then I had to rewrite my story. And by then I have to write other stories. And by then I have other, like, I'm trying to text people for news. Oh, I just, I'm so glad it's done. It's such a weird, I don't know. I just, I hate the trade deadline. I hate the trade deadline in every sport. It's exciting and there's action. But, like, from my perspective, like, it's just a lot of people that I text that sometimes don't text me back, sometimes text me back at 3 a.m. Sometimes they text me back after the trade's already been completed. Help me. <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, you're not helping. <laughs> and it's also just weird for me sometimes. Like, I, I have the same, like, existential crisis every year with baseball when, when the trade deadline rolls around. And I have to write, like, about, you know, minor leaders getting traded to, uh, like, we call them assets. Mm. And I'm like, these are people? Why am I doing this job? I can't, like, <laughs> capitalism's bad. Oh, my God. And then by the end of it, it's fine. And I'm like, let's write about curveballs again, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Now, speaking of like moves and stuff, not that this is really moves, but yesterday was arbitration day and the Yankees basically agreed with everyone except Aaron Judge, which we knew it was probably going to happen because they're looking to extend him. And according to Joel Sherman, they're going to make that extension to him and see if he takes it. If things aren't done before opening day, Aaron Judge Judge said that he will not talk with the Yankees during the season because he doesn't want it to be a distraction. So we'll see what happens. But we also have the issue of, is he going to play in every game? Is he going to be able to travel to Canada? These are really, this is a big deal. Like people are joking about it, but if the mandates stay in place, if it does not look like they're loosening anytime soon. Right. And if 
these guys aren't allowed into Canada, that's, you know, 81 home games plus the games they would play in Canada. So at least nine or 10, because it's usually split. So that's a lot of games. Now, Anthony Rizzo said that it'll be taken care of or what was the what was the exact quote? I lost it. I had it earlier. Um, So he didn't say that he got vaccinated. It made it seem like he was going to or some people were saying that maybe these guys really think that Randy Levine is going to have some sort of effect on Eric Adams and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, let's lift the mandate just for the Yankees and the Mets. And it is or, the Mets, too. Was he, um, was he immunized? I know. Yeah. <laughs> was he? Did he pull an Aaron Rodgers? Then it's fine. I'm immunized. Yeah. With some, you know, you know something like. I don't know, some antioxidant cocktail that they only give in Canada. But then, I mean, he can't get into Canada because he's not vaccinated. So probably not. Right. Or Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Judge, the other Aaron, Mm. got some sort of special mandate to go visit Shailene Woodley in Canada, which I believe is where he got that, like, immunization thing. And then they broke up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, really? After all that? Uh, But yeah, no, this could be a really big problem for the Yankees, but it could be a really big problem for the Mets because they have, we have at least, there are three players the Yankees need to be worried about because Aaron Boone said that it was a couple of players. We know that Higashioka was one last year, Judge Rizzo, where the Mets have, there are a bunch of Mets that haven't been. Yeah. I can't remember who off the top of my head. I believe JD Davis. I know was one of them. Uh, People Nimmo? didn't want to comment on his vaccine status, but he did appear in a like um, pro-vaccine commercial for the city. Like, mm-hmm. so I I think he just didn't want to talk about it because there were other players on the team who, because I was told that he was vac. Oh man, I I gotta double check that. Yeah, I was told last year that he was vaccinated and he did that commercial and everything. Um, but he, I think the imp- the impression that I got was he didn't really want to talk about it because other guys on the team were uncomfortable talking about it. So he was just sort of like, I'm not going to talk about it either. Then we're not going to make it a big deal. I'm not going to like make myself an example. Um, Sandy Alderson brought in like doctors and specialists to talk to players and he was really pushing hard for it. And, you know, rightfully so as somebody who, I mean, look, two reasons. Sandy was in the military. They give you all sorts of vaccines in the military and you do not get to decline them. Yeah, no, you you get no. them. <laughs> you get lots of vaccines. I mean, yes. my ex-boyfriend was in the military and he's like, he was joking about anthrax vaccines. And he like, me and his girlfriend were just kind of like not paying attention to the conversation. They looked over at us and they're like, we're not joking. Like we, we have gotten vaccines that we don't know what we've, we have even received. <laughs> like, yeah. So Sandy Alderson, you know, Marine Corps veteran, um, Vietnam veteran. He has received numerous vaccines, I'm sure, but he is a cancer survivor. My dad, also a cancer survivor. Um, so Anthony Rizzo, cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Sandy was pushing hard for it last year. I'm sure he's doing the same thing. I know that at some point, though, with the Mets, there was a little bit of like, it's, I don't want to say resentment, that's not the right word, but it was like, you know, when your mom keeps telling you to clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. And at some point you just tune her out and you get mad and you're like, stop asking me to clean my room. I've obviously 
prove that I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to play video games all day instead. I'm um, like that with a lot of things in my life. The more yeah. people tell me to do something, I won't do it. And, I've, and, and I'm still like that at my age. It's yeah. just something that sticks with you. <laughs> the Mets, that was sort of the attitude with some of the Mets last year, the more that Sandy Alderson was trying to um, bring in it, resources and educate the team and uh, it's just yeah at some point when you do say something a hundred times people do tune it out and that's why there are mandates in place because people were so resistant to getting it but it's something that is not just for you it is for other people and you know the Yankees were one of the more vaccinated teams last year yep the problem now is is that those are three pretty big those are three big, pretty big pieces because Higashioka catches pull. Yeah. Judge is a key part of the lineup, as is Rizzo. So if they can't play in New York for a little bit, okay, maybe, you know, you can navigate that for the first month of the season. But not being able to play in Toronto, that is a – that's an insane home field advantage for the Blue Jays. Yes. For one. Two. Okay, so this is – Based on my reporting with the NHL, the NHL was able to get most of their players, all except for one, Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings, is not vaccinated. Okay. The NHL was able to get everybody vaccinated because uh, they docked pay, basically. If you miss games in Canada for quarantine or because you're not allowed there with the team, you get docked pay. So everybody got on board. Uh, with the except of Bertuzzi, who is a Canadian citizen, I believe. So, oh, wait, maybe he's not. God, I need to double check this. Anyway, um, I talked to some players during the preseason who talked to me anonymously. And the sentiment that I got was, it's not a big deal right now that they're not vaccinated and they can't come to Canada with us. It will be a big deal if we're in the middle of a playoff chase in February, March, April, and a, your goalie can't come on a four-game Canadian swing right. or your top scorer can't come, you know, for a key game that could be the difference between whether you end up in the playoffs or not. So the Yankees are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Yes, there's expanded playoffs. They should be in, but it's too early to tell. Lots of things can happen from now until then. And if – I look – this could be a strong enough locker room that it doesn't matter, but like you got a lot of players on that team and there is probably going, there's at least going to be one or two who who get, we're upset when they're at an AL, AL East rival in the middle of a heated series and their best bat can't play like their best right. bats at home. Like how do you, it's going to cause some problems. It's going to cause some problems internally, some, um, fissures internally yeah. let's say that because I, I don't know how this is a team that's good about not letting things get to the surface right but i do think that whether it's with the yankees or whether it's with um the mets or other teams not being able to play in some key series in toronto where they have a very good team and playoff aspirations the red Sox are in the same situation too the al east really like that's go there's going to be some resentment there is definitely going to be some resentment. There are going to be people that look at you and say, you're not doing all you can as a teammate to help this team win. Yep. Yep. And I mean, it's it's bad enough that they're not doing enough to help other people stay healthy. But the fact that they're going to screw with their teammates' livelihoods because 
what if someone is forced to play more than they are normally they normally play or they injure themselves because of this or you know like something happens where because someone else isn't playing you know like there are all these different scenarios that could possibly happen and it could cause something bad to happen in the clubhouse and you definitely don't want that and you don't want these guys to be out during key games you know Toronto made some moves that the Yankees probably should have made and because of that the AL East, which was already insane in 2021, is probably going to be even more insane in 2022. And not having those guys is going to be really bad. Now, Toronto's going to have an, a, one hell of a home field advantage, and nobody likes playing at Rogers because of the uh, the turf. Right. Uh, so <laughs> that's going to be that's get it, it's going to get interesting, and I. I it's, it might be the difference maker, whether some teams make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. Some American League teams, whether they are able to play in Canada or not. And, you know, I can't imagine that, like, look, the Mets just went out and spent all this money. How can you, how can you justify, like, missing a couple games because you're not vaccinated? Um in when this team is like it's built to win right mm. now yeah the, the yankees i they are they're built to win are they good enough to win in this division i don't know are the mets good enough to win in their division maybe but without some key players it's it's just it's going to cause problems yeah. It's going to cause problems in the clubhouse. It's going to cause problems in the front office. It's going to cause problems with the fans. Some of the fans are probably mad at me already, or, or both of us for talking about this, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. Most liberals call us what you want. That's fine. It's about taking care of the people around you and the high-risk people. But at the same time, like, when you're part of a team, you have to get on board with things. And mm-hmm. it's just... You got to have some real strong clubhouse leadership, but I, you know, I can't imagine that like Aaron Judge would feel very good about missing a key series in Toronto. Right. And, you know, this season is, this is going to be, this is setting up to be kind of a crucial season for him. It's a contract year. He might have to, the arbitration stuff, he might have to sit there on a Zoom call and listen to the Yankees tell him why they don't think he is worth the money that they are that that he wants. Right. That's a weird conversation to have. <laughs> Cuz that's what arbitration is. You have to state your case to an arbitrator and then your employer has to state the case. And then the arbitrator decides whose salary number is is closer to what the real value is. Right. Do you want to sit there with your employer and and like we, you know, some of us have done it when we were starting jobs, like haggling over dollars and cents. But like in a contract year when he's sacrificing his body, it's just it's a it's kind of an, it's just a weird, awkward scenario that has the potential to be very unfortunate for both parties in a contract year like this. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want to discuss numbers during the season, well, he might have to discuss arbitration. He might have to discuss arbitration numbers. Yeah, on a Zoom call with an arbitrator in the Yankees, (laughs) just like nobody wants to do that. No, it's really it's 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 just sort of 
I don't know, demeaning sometimes. The whole arbitration thing can be very demeaning and awkward. And it doesn't really like encourage you to want to play hard for your employer. But then again, he's got a team who he wants to play hard for. And it's like, there's just so much, there's so much involved with Aaron judge right now. And I'm sure all he wants to do is play baseball. He did. I mean, that's what he said. He's like, I'm just worried about making it to the first spring training game last week when he was asked if he was vaccinated. Like that's all he wants to do is play baseball. And there's so much other stuff going on right now Mm -hmm. that I, I really wonder I wonder how it affects him and how it's going to affect the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. We'll have more about Judge in a moment. We need to talk about Built Bar and Built Bar Puffs. I'm going to tell you all, I got an email yesterday. They have a new flavor with the Puffs. Brownie batter. If I wasn't broke, I would have ordered it, but I'm broke and I couldn't because that sounds really good. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100 chocolate besides that surprise brownie batter flavor that came out there's churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie they're all really good they'll be your new favorite all built bars are covered in 100 chocolate that's 100 real chocolate they're low calorie high protein all the flavors are really good they're all delicious the new ones are coming out all the time If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it'll be good for you and delicious, and they basically just find a way. Like, they'll think of a flavor and just find a way to make it taste good and be good for you. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. You should listen to Locked On MLB Prospects when you're done with our show. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, including some names we may see on the field in Yankee Stadium in the not-so-distant future. And it's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So the funny thing about, well, I don't know, it's funny. Um, Judge and Rizzo and Higashioka possibly not being able to go to Canada is that there are rumors swirling about Brett Gardner being looked at by the Blue Jays, because as we know, Brett Gardner is not in Yankees camp yet, and he still wants to play. And that would be weird. That would be weird. I would not like that at all. His agent's been pretty adamant that he still wants to play and he still thinks he can play. And I think that would be a good move for the Blue Jays because they've got a lot of young kids and he's he's a great mentor. I mean, the Yankees had him around for a long time for the Baby Bombers for that reason. Yeah. Part, you know, as one of the reasons that they have right. that guard around um, for as long as they did. And I look, it would be I, I get it. The Yankees are ready to move on from him. Um, I don't know that some of the fans are ready to move on for him from him. It sounds like the players sure aren't ready to move on from him. No. That's what happens no. when you have like a really good figure in your clubhouse. It's it becomes, you know, nobody wants to see you go and it, be, it becomes an important voice that you end up missing and that voice is gonna be influential somewhere else. Yeah. Cause you know, he was a true leader in that clubhouse. It's been around since oh eight. He's very the last respected. Yeah, he's the last remaining member of the 09 World Series winning team. Every player on that team, even the new guys, that even Joey Gallo, who only came in for half a season, was, you know, singing the praises of Brett Gardner. Lucas Leckie, who's a pitcher, was singing the, bra- the singing the praises of Brett Gardner. Because, you know, 
yes, it's a team and yes, they're all together, but you always kind of picture in your brain that the guys who play closer together and who are like on the field together would be the ones that hang out more and do things more. But, you know, he was the type of player that talked to everyone, did things to everyone. Big practical joker. A big practical joker. Some of the stuff that he's done. Oh, gosh. Oh, what was the one? Oh, he did something really funny to Phil Hughes and... Phil Hughes documented it on Twitter and it was really hilarious. And I wish I could remember exactly what it was. There was something else with uh, a, a key fob from a car that he did to someone to screw with them. Well, um, maybe sneak up behind guys and scare them when they're not <laughs> paying attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen him do that a few times. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, was it Letke that said that he attached a snake to a Red Bull? can in the article was it him or so you know like he went to pull it out for him and the snake came out of the locker room and he would put like fake cockroaches and bugs in places to scare people and you know so aside from the practical joker part of him the leadership and the yankees they have some guys in the clubhouse who can do that but it's really having brett gardner having that experience of winning too aaron hicks talked about that um that's a big one. That's what I felt like they lost when they lost when CC retired because he was the same type of presence in the clubhouse. Well, it was a, it was a different type of presence. CC's more vocal. Yeah, Gardner is more lead by example, and mm-hmm. he he has a presence that people respect and people look to. Whereas CC commands presence because he is a vocal rah rah type of leader. Yeah, yeah. I loved. I miss CC so much because my favorite thing about CC was. Even on days when he wasn't pitching, if someone got hit by a pitch and it was some sort like there was one time A-Rod got hit by a pitch in Houston and I think he got thrown. It was thrown behind him first and then he got hit by the pitch. CeCe was the first guy out of the dugout to like do something. Joe Girardi had to hold him back. And he did that all the time when his teammates got hit by someone and he was like really pissed about it. It was just so funny. I love I love that about him. It was great. I'm looking at the roster now. Yeah, you've got guys like Donaldson. You you do have some some leaders on here, but at the same time, like Donaldson and Rizzo are not. They haven't been around the Yankees for a long right. time, so it's different. Right. Rizzo has the World Series; he knows how to win. But it's just like he doesn't have sort of that. It's it. He doesn't have the same presence as Gardner. He's it, Rizzo does have a very Rizzo's very respected player but when you haven't been in the organization it's tough to sort of like can be able to implement not implement the culture the culture's already been implemented but like continue to build on the culture if you haven't been in the organization for a long time and you know Gallo's a great guy Donaldson is a really good leader from what I understand but it's probably going to be on this would be the year for somebody like Judge Mm -hmm. to really step up and take a leadership role and Maybe he does. Maybe he is that guy in the clubhouse who emerges when everybody needs him. And, you know, he's certainly somebody that people look to in big moments of games. So maybe he's somebody that they'll increasingly look to for big moments in the locker room or in the dugout. Um, but it's it just right now it's they, they are missing that sort of that backbone. Yeah. Yankees have always had that because yeah. the history of you know what it means what it means to wear pinstripes is so different than what it means to wear any other uniform in really in professional sports there are very few 
that so, sort of like come with this history and this culture that is expected that has been the culture for a long time in New York. Yeah. So it, it without somebody who's been there for a long time, it's 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 different, you know. Yeah. Cameron Mabin said that on the broadcast on Sunday or Monday, he said, you know, the uniforms are all made the same. He's like, but those pinstripes are heavier than others. And you, yep. you, you feel the weight of them when you put it on and you know your responsibility when you're a Yankee. And he said, that's why we, when the bunch of us stepped in that year, when all those other guys were injured, we knew we had to really contribute to the team. And I found that interesting the way he said that. I thought that was a pretty good statement about what it's like to have to step in and be a Yankee. I and think that's, that's a really good um, characterization of it. Yeah. I've, I've heard from some other people, you know, we've talked about it on the show as well, how difficult it is to play in New York, but the pressure does start to feel like weight. And it's not just pressure from fans. It's pressure from the front office, from baseball in general, because this is a team with expectations year after year after year. Yeah. Yep. And, Which is... you know, we, Chicago is not the same. Chicago is a big market city, but it's not the same. Look at what happened with uh, Javi Baez last year going to the Mets, the thumbs down thing, you know, that didn't play well. And that's something that maybe Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez had both said, well, nobody booed us in Cleveland and Chicago. This isn't Cleveland. This isn't Chicago. This is New York. And there are expectations. Oh, yeah. For both teams. Yeah. Every every year, no matter what the team puts out, no matter what the roster looks like, you know, you could have the worst roster in baseball, but you're in New York and it doesn't matter because New York fans expect you to do well. And yeah, they expect there's you to produce. Yeah. And if you don't produce, they will let you know how upset you <laughs> that they are with you for not producing. Oh, Ultimately, yeah. You know, the fans don't really have a say in who goes anywhere. It's the front office's decision. But like. It's tough to end up on the back page of the New York Post. Oh, yeah. You know, as like a caricature when you screw up. That doesn't <laughs> happen in Chicago. No. So Rizzo, Rizzo performed well under pressure last year. He came into a tough spot when the Yankees were, you know, sort of trying to figure out their identity last year and compete in a tough division, which wasn't necessarily what we expected from the team. We expected them to be more dominant than they were. Yeah. So Rizzo came in and did well in a tough spot. And I think he's just going to continue. He's 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 going to continue to be the presence that he was last year. And it might grow this year. And, you know, Donaldson might have a, an increased leadership role because there's just no other like long tenured Yankees except for Judge, who's going through a lot of stuff right now and may not even be around for a lot of games. Yeah, it was funny. I was <laughs> when I was reading that article about Gardner and all the players talking about him and stuff and it was saying that um you know right now Josh Donaldson is the elder statesman in the Yankees clubhouse and Brett Gardner is two years older than him (sighs) yeah I watched rookie Brett Gardner hit a walk-off July 6 2008 seems like a lifetime ago and it's just so funny for him to be the old man (laughs) in the league (laughs) but that's how it happens Robinson Cano is the old man on the Mets I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be 40 (laughs) He was a, I thought he was still like 38 for some reason. No, but, he's going to be just lose two years of our lives. Yeah, he's going to be 40 in October, I think. Two right? years younger than they actually are. 
Yeah, because I was thinking about I was thinking about when Cano and Wong came up and then Melky and, you know, so 05, 06 and, and just thinking about how young Cano was. He was 22 when he came up and thinking about him turning 40 is just. <sighs> wow, that's just crazy. It's crazy. I just can't <laughs> even I can't. Um, now, speaking of like aging and taking care of yourself, our next partner, our newest advertiser has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because honestly, I've, I've hated taking vitamins and pills. I've been like this since I was a kid. And it's, it's a mix that you put in a drink and you just drink it instead of having to swallow pills. And it has everything you need to make your body feel better. So Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality Vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to start your day right. And it helps your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things I need. I take it every morning, before breakfast, before my coffee, and I sip it. I don't chug it. Some people like to chug their drinks. I don't do that. And I, I enjoy it. The taste is really good. And it's good if you're doing keto paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free diet. So it's good for everyone. Um, it's cheaper than getting everything all together. All the different supplements will add up to a lot. This is just one thing that you need to take. And it was created when their founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine that cost him upwards of $100 a day. Athletic Greens has 7,000 five-star reviews, and it's recommended by professional athletes. And every purchase they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, which you need in the winter, very much, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It does actually taste good. I was afraid to try it. I'll admit it because, you know, those powders are like gritty looking and everything. And it's it's not a strong taste and it's not a light taste. It's like just in the middle and it's actually very pleasant. So I recommend it. I do. So let's see what else. Oh, Yankees are playing Baltimore tonight. Not that that's a big deal because it's spring training, but Davey Garcia is starting. And yesterday, Jordan Montgomery started against the Blue Jays, had a bit of a rough time. Again, it's spring. And he said that he felt rushed with the short spring training and he didn't feel like he was really like that ready for it. And he also said that he felt nervous and tense. So don't worry, he's not hurt. So even though he gave up like three runs in like less than an inning of work and they brought him in, took him out, brought him in again, and he just was give he was not missing bats yesterday. Don't worry about it, everyone. It's spring training. It's okay. There is nothing to read into spring training games at all. Guys are working on different pitches. Hitters are working on, you know, new swings. It is it is the most like low pressure practice situations. It's just to see live pitching, live batters get some defensive practice in it. Nobody is going at a hundred percent right now. Right. Nobody will be going at a hundred percent probably until opening day, because I mean, even then we're probably not going to see pitchers throwing until some pitchers 
throwing their hardest for a couple weeks into the season just because of the abbreviated spring training yep. and the injury concerns with, you know, such a strange offseason. Don't read into spring training games. Do not panic <laughs> about bad performances. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Panic in May. Yeah. Wait until May. You can be nervous in April. Pa- don't panic until May. Don't give up on the season until July. July. <laughs> July 4th. Don't give up yeah. on the season until July. Yeah. Because even then, you, you, I mean, there's been some seasons where people think that teams are just going to crap out around July 4th, then the All Star break happens, and then they go on a tear. So I mean, baseball is weird that way. That's the one good thing about the long season where a team could start off crappy as long as all the other teams in the division aren't doing that well. And then they can, you know, kind of like zoom their way through the second half. The Yankees have done it a few times in their recent history. My favorite was 07. I talk about it all the time because they were horrible, horrible the first three months. And even going into the all-star break, I think they were one game over 500 or under it was just it was bad and then they went on a run won the wild card and we all know they lost to cleveland in the first round but those first couple of months were just it was horrible they were 11 17 at one time and you know the pitching was bad they had to bring in clemens you know they made the announcement in may of 07 with susan waldman basically crying in the um, booth i was at that game and it was like oh my god is he really coming back this is the weirdest thing ever (laughs) like it was such a yankee thing for them to have him like very dramatic year but again this is how it works with big market teams the Yankees and the Mets are never boring there's right. consistently things that happen that like it's easy for players to get distracted by like when they're seeing all of the headlines and all of the the rumors and the comings and the goings and like it's it's a difficult place to play but it's also like the one of the more rewarding places to play people who thrive here absolutely love it it's a big game atmosphere like you know a game against atlanta in september when the mets are out of it still sort of feels different than a game against cincinnati in cincinnati in september it still feels like there's something on the line even if there really isn't at that point you know thinking about those last three seasons where the yankees were not great 13 14 16 13, you had Moe's last run. 14, you had Jeter's last run. 16, you had the Baby Bombers come up. And you had Aaron Judge and Austin. Austin, what's his name? Oh, my God. Why can't I think of his last name? What's his last name? Austin Meadows? No. Tyler Austin. There we go. (laughs) It was backwards. Okay. Hit back-to-back home runs in their debut. You know, Gary Sanchez comes out, kills the ball. So even though they didn't make the playoffs in those three seasons, there were things to look forward to at the end of those seasons that wouldn't have been something to look forward to in other markets. You yeah. Know? It's, like- it's just different here. It, it, there's, there's, it's such a pressure cooker, but the people who do well, really do well. And some people find that exhausting. And, but if you're going to camera, even said it best, the, the weight of the pinstripes is something that you feel whenever you put them on. And I think it's similar with, the Mets too, although there, there's sort of like, it's different. It's more of just like pressure to not screw up and embarrass yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of the Mets, spe- speaking of the Mets, while we were recording in our system, if someone tries to get in, they pop up on the side and Ryan, the host of locked on Mets is uh, I guess he needs to record. So we're going to, we're going to wrap things up. So before we go, Glaber Torres is a dad. 
He became the dad of a of a newborn baby this earlier this week. He still looks too young to be a father. I can't. And it's just he's young. I know. What is he? Twenty four? Going to be twenty four? Yeah. He's. He, it's. That's. I couldn't even imagine being a parent. I couldn't imagine being a parent now, but I couldn't imagine being. <laughs> yeah at that age like no (laughs) i think it's just because like you know this is the age that people tradition like yeah 25 is like not actually that young to be having a kid right but i think people like of our gener our generations have been having kids later and later i'm 35 and i don't have kids right but like so when some of my friends who are younger than me have kids young i'm like why yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's just because we see it at like our generation has waited longer and longer. But for some people, they do want to build their families earlier. And, you know, congratulations to Gleyber Torres. And well, my generation is kind of strange, though, because I do have some friends who had babies, not right out of high school, but I have a couple of friends who were like 22, 23. But then I also have friends who waited till after they were 40 to have kids. I mean, I have a friend who has a two-year-old and we're 47. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But Yeah, you know, my aunt <laughs> did have her last kid close to 50 now that I think about it. Yeah, and I couldn't, no. I'm exhausted just watching my friend's kids. There's no way. Um, you know, having cats is exhausting enough. That's <laughs> that's enough for me. I can't even do that. But th- I'm a great <laughs> aunt. Not a real aunt, a fake aunt. My, my two little nieces in California, Avery and Addison, love me. I... I got videos last night from their Disney dance classes. They were, and then I FaceTimed with Avery and she was very excited to show me her Moana dance. Nice. Um, So that is for me, just having, you know, nieces, friends, kids, that's fine for now. But I do have friends who, you know, want to build their families earlier. And there's nothing wrong with that either. And congratulations to Glaber Torres and his partner. I don't, I don't know her name, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I usually always try and like shout out the wives because like, let's be honest, they're doing the hard work. <laughs> right. They're the ones carrying the babies and delivering them. The guys yeah. are just standing there being, you know, push, push. Exactly. So. But I don't know her name. And honestly, it's been such a busy couple of weeks. I don't know my own name. And it looks like in the YouTube right now, it is Lindsay Crosby. And my name is actually not Lindsay Crosby. Um, <gasps> oh, no. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Oh, my God. There we go. It's been like that the whole show. This is great. Okay. <laughs> to notice on our, if you're listening to the podcast, it took me 30 minutes to notice on the on our system that Lindsay Crosby's name was underneath my photo. Um, yeah, it's been that. It's been vacation two weeks ago, and then I've worked every single day since my vacation. And it's just it's sometimes look. I cover 60 something teams. It's really hard to keep track of all the names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I keep track of my own. <laughs> uh, and I don't even know how to edit that. So that's that's going to be fun. Okay. So <laughs> I apologize to everyone on YouTube for screwing that up. And, you know, it's not even my Monday today. I recorded on Monday. I recorded on Tuesday. I'm recording today. And, you know, for the off season, my Mondays were Wednesdays. And I'm behaving like it's a Monday. It's very strange. I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, we're inching closer to 1K, so get us there and you might win a prize. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm still laughing about the graphic. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast. 
podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday and we'll talk to you tomorrow.